Are you struggling to create engaging content for your B2B brand? Let Podcast Town help. Our expert services will help you develop a successful content marketing strategy, making your brand stand out and increase revenue. With our guidance, you'll create quality content that resonates with your audience and builds brand loyalty. Visit our website at podcasttown.net to learn more and to get started today. We help you launch, grow, and maximize. Are you a business owner or entrepreneur looking to take your business skills to the next level? Then you're in the right place. Welcome to the Enterprise Now Show. Prepare to be inspired, motivated, and transformed. And now, your host, LZ Flinnard. Can I get a oh yeah? What's up, Enterprisers? Welcome to episode 95 of the Enterprise Now podcast, where we educate, motivate, inspire, and transform business owners and entrepreneurs into success. That is what we do. We help folks launch, grow, and maximize. In this episode, I talk with Lior Gens of the Wealth Research Group. Lior has been called a thrill-seeking entrepreneur by his team, and as such, he built and runs numerous successful businesses and has traveled to over 30 countries in the past decade in pursuit of thrills and opportunities, gaining valuable knowledge and experience. We talk about focusing on the things that are easy to understand. We discuss how the ego decides which part the conscious mind listens to. We also chat about how fear is the strongest emotion. All right, let's dig in. All right, Lior, can I get an oh yeah? Oh yeah. Awesome. First of all, Lior, let me say thank you so much for being on the show. I know that there are about a million things that you could be doing, but you are here with us. So for that, we say thank you. And thanks for having me. I always like to start off right off the bat asking our guests to tell us about themselves. Now, when I say that, I mean, you're free to go all the way back to the day you were born, or you can start more current day. Tell us about yourself. So I'm 33 now, born in 84, and I can tell you that with regards to what's more important to the listeners, at age 13, my father went bankrupt for the first time out of three times that he will go bankrupt between the time I was 13 and the time I was 22. And so I started working as a basketball coach and as a babysitter, basketball coach and babysitter when I was 13, basically helping to coach a first grade team. And then the parents asked me to babysitter for their kids in the afternoons. And I started saving up on my own because my parents could provide too much. So at age 16, I read because my grandfather had a stock portfolio. He gave me a book from Warren Buffett and I read it and I got my parents' permission and they signed a waiver so I can run my own bank account. I had saved up about $15,000 from the babysitting and all kinds of other jobs between 13 and 16, painting decks and worked at a clothing store, etc. Obviously, while doing school as well. At age 16, in the year 2000, I started to put my money into mutual funds, not individual stocks, but mutual funds. And I realized that China was a great and up and coming economy. This was 2000. So it was very early stage and it went very well. 
And I started reading other books as well. And one of the earliest books I read was from Peter Lynch. Peter Lynch is not as well known as Warren Buffett because Warren Buffett has made billions and billions, but hasn't stopped to appreciate life in other ways. He still goes to the office every day. He's 80, what, 87, 88 now. And every day for eight hours, he's there reading newspapers and talking to CEOs and whatever he does and does bridge at night. Doesn't even have security. So it's a very different style of billionaire than other billionaires that you see. And Peter Lynch was a fund manager, LZ, between 1977 and 1990. And he had better results than Warren Buffett even in those 13 years. And he quit and devoted his life to family and philanthropy and whatever. So for 13 years, he was the Wall Street big shot. And his philosophy was focus on things that are easy to understand. So when I wanted to buy my first individual stock in 2002 at age 18, I looked at what I was wearing and I realized that most of the brands that I love came from one company. So I don't know if you know this, but for example, Timberland and the North Face, Wrangler, Kipling, many known brands, Lee, Victoria's Secret, they come from one company called VF Corp. So I've bought that. That was my first stock that I've bought. And I remain in that sort of situation where I buy what I understand and what's simple to get your heads around. I don't do any exotic things that I can't figure out. And I was 18 then and on my own. And between 2002 and 2008, I had many ventures that I started that went bad and some that went good. My first huge break came in 2009 when I came to the U.S., and real estate was on sale. So you can buy houses for less than the cost it would take to demolish and rebuild, as you know. So I started a wholesaling business, which is a model in the real estate business, and sold it in 2013. Was fortunate enough to hear about cannabis legalizing and about cryptocurrencies very early on, just because I went skiing in Colorado right after they did the legalization there. And I met some people at a hotel who happened to just check out Bitcoin that same day, early 2013. And so those were amazing opportunities that I got privy to check out very early. So what happened for me, Elsie, was in 2016, early 2016. Or should I say exactly two years ago, in December 15, 2015, when the Fed raised rates for the first time in during the cycle since the 08 crisis, I realized that this is the start of a tightening period with interest rates, and it's going to create a whole different environment for investors. And I wanted to launch a newsletter with no threshold, so a free newsletter, free access to all of the information that I research and analyze for my own purposes anyways, and just share it with a larger audience because there's so much misinformation in the mainstream media. So I launched that website, wealthresearchgroup.com, and it's a free financial newsletter. There's also many downloads on the website that you can check out that are outside of the normal newsletter that publishes about three times a week. And it focuses on the big picture, shares what I do, how my life is going, etc. And then it also shares specific and unique opportunities that are going on right now. So for example, we alerted about Bitcoin at $400. It's now 11,000. Ether, Ethereum at $12. It's now over $500. Dash at $16. I'm talking cryptocurrencies, obviously, right now. Dash has had an enormous few weeks now, it's over $600. And there's so many other opportunities. And they are mostly the cryptocurrency sector. So cryptocurrency blockchain sector, 
cannabis in the natural resources sector, which is the wild card because of what's going on with all these money printing strategies going on from central banks that will create one day, hopefully sooner rather than later, a sort of revaluation of precious metals and industrial metals once we see growth picking up more. So that's where everything's at right now. I hope this was to your liking. Absolutely. Now, I'm going to take a kind of a step back and I want to get to know you a little bit better. So what's your favorite thing to do? Well, there are a couple of things that are daily habits that I never, ever skip on. And one is reading. So insightful books, not, no novels or anything like that, really insightful books. Right now I'm reading Ray Dalio's book, Principles. Ray Dalio is the world's greatest hedge fund manager, but the book is Life Principles and Work Principles. So nothing about investing if you're suitable for any person on the planet. So that's one thing I never give up on. doesn't matter which day. And the, my second favorite thing is to hang out with my wife and my daughter. And so I make sure that I carve out time to do that. To make it count, so quality time, not no phones, no nothing, really quality time. Other than that, I love sports. I love extreme sports, so I do anything from uh, scuba dive, and I've done a lot of things. I scuba dive with sharks, scuba dive with whales, with dolphins. I have a license to pilot a Cessna. I flew Cessna in about 30 countries around the world. I'm a thrill junkie. Gotcha. Now, I definitely can identify with the quality time thing, being present in the moment. And I think that's a really good principle, both for life and in business. Now, you mentioned you're a sports guy. So I'm in right outside of Milwaukee. So tell us a little bit about what you know about the Milwaukee Bucks. Milwaukee Bucks. Well, first of all, great coach. Look, I grew up in Israel. So with time differences, the playoffs, to anyone who was listening to this and followed the NBA, I played basketball since I was six. Until the age of 18, I'm 6'1", so I'm kind of tall. So I pursued that as a sports as a teenager. And since 1991, since I was seven, I've been watching the NBA playoffs live or the finals live every single year. So for 26 years now straight. So obviously I know that Jason Kidd was a wonderful player and he's now the coach. I like the Greek guy. (laughs) Gotcha, gotcha. The Greek freak. (laughs) The Greek freak. So you said that you are a pilot as well. So where does that come from, the thrill-seeking side of you? So in Israel, it's mandatory to do three years of army. And so I was drafted to be a fighter pilot. And since it didn't pan out, I became fascinated with everything that had to do with aviation and just did a private course on that. But on a grander scale, the thrill-seeking part has come to me because I met a few other thrill-seekers that were shapers and mentors to me. And they had put in me this bug that I know I do stunt planes and I do all kinds of stuff. So... I just feel like it's important to do stuff that are outside the box and outside your comfort zone and just give you experiences to me are more important than things. In my opinion, to splurge on a nice experience is more important than to spend on, let's say, a a new TV set, for example. Thanks. Just jotting that down. What's your superpower? First of all, I think all people are basically have talents that are not developed fully. So all people have talents, but they're not developed fully. Most people never live their life finding out their most important talent and developing it fully because most people do not like to, are not committed enough in the bottom line to focus on one thing. They love to, this fear of missing out by being here, I'm not there. But the real lesson in life is that while you can virtually have anything you want, 
you probably won't achieve everything that you want. You'll achieve certain things. And if you can reconcile with that fact and just focus really hard on one talent, you'll be able to become so good at it that other people will look at you as a genius in some niche or niche. And so it's just important to understand that. And when you ask me like a superpower, there's nothing like a superpower to anyone. There's just talents that are overproportioned to other things. So you can see people that have many problems with their love life, but they're amazing at whatever else. So just make sure this is a life lesson that I've learned. Just make sure that you never grow one talent out of proportion to where you neglect other parts of your life. But in my opinion, it is important to find that specific thing that you are very good at and develop it fully while making sure that you don't neglect other stuff. When it comes to my own life, what I've seen is that, and this is just because I get also feedback from those around me, I see that the talent that I have is writing. So I can articulate myself in writing in a way that is very clear to people who read it. I don't know a better way to put it, but I would say writing has been the skill that I've crafted and perfected. Let's take a quick break from this awesome conversation for a quick message from our sponsor. Seems everyone is podcasting these days. But if you want to do it right and stand out from the crowd, you need to contact Enterprise Now. E-Now Podcast Solutions is second to none in providing best-in-class customer service and delivering top-quality podcast production. Podcast editing can be time-consuming and tedious. You're a podcaster. That's what you do best. Let us do the dirty work for you. Besides, it's what we do best. Then all you have to do is your awesome show. We can help with basic editing, mixing, promotion, delivery, tagging, and pro editing. Whatever you need, we can do it for you. Check us out and see all the ways we can make your podcast sound amazing and professional. Visit enterprise-now.biz slash production. One of the things that we talk about on the show a lot is mindset. How do you overcome challenges? The most important thing, in my opinion, to overcome challenges is threefold. One, it is to understand that challenges are a part of nature. In other words, if you do not realize that pain is part of life, then you'll have a miserable life. If you can understand that pain is a signal and that there is no way that you will not meet it, then you look at pain differently. You look at pain as a tool, as a sign that you need to do something. And so the one thing that's important is to change how you feel about challenges. That is the key thing with regards to challenges. I would say almost all human error in the 20th century, if you go back to anything, and reflect upon it, any bad decision, political, economical, or otherwise in anyone's life might be caused by an inability to deal with pain. And so I'll just give you a quick example. Just take a look at how much entitlements the U.S. government has committed to their citizens. Instead of telling them the truth that they cannot meet future obligations, they keep piling on debt. Their inability, anyone's inability in the political spectrum to handle the pain it will cause his career or his family when he will be the one that puts his head out above the crowd and say, hey, we can't do this. And so you can go back and just see that there's a real problem for people to handle pain. So that's the key thing. The second thing is to take things under proportion. 
So when you face a challenge, you need to ask yourself, what's the worst case scenario? Because the worst case scenario rarely happens. And if you know it, then you have so much better, your mental part is so much better equipped to start looking at solutions and you use your imagination and your creativity and your confidence because now you know what's the worst case scenario. So that's the second part. And the third part, which I think is the real difference between people who actually serially defeat challenges in their lives and not succumb to them is the ability to mastermind with other people, partners or confidants, whatever you call them, preferably partners, to handle whatever you're facing together. So in other words, in my opinion, from what I've seen in my investment career, my business career, etc., most people feel like they can't trust other people with their challenges. If you can find a mastermind group or a group of two or three other people that you can share everything with and they are believable, in other words, they've passed the test that they're worthy of your time and your ear because they know how to solve these issues, then you've got that threefold strategy in place. And if you can't find them, pay for them. In other words, one of my earliest mentors in real estate was a guy I told him, look, let me work for free for six months under you and I'll learn the business from you and then you can take act when I start my own business. For six months worth of free training that he did for me and in return, I did not take a salary. He then took an equity part in my business, but I learned in six months more than you learn and probably in five, six years and avoided many mistakes because this guy was a millionaire, was a real estate millionaire back in 2009 in Phoenix, Arizona. A mentor is how you get the knowledge to succumb challenges and the right mindset is how you get the courage to succumb challenges. Wow. There was so much there that I'm not sure how to even unpack that. What I got from what you said was most bad decisions are due to the inability to deal with pain. That, my friend, is what we call here on the Enterprise Now show a golden nugget. Take things under proportion. Wow, those are really, really good points. And the last one, ability to mastermind with other people. When you recap this, I just wanted to stress how this comes about. Let's take this back. You have an ego. One of us has an ego. The ego is what decides or what determines which part of our conscious mind we are going to listen to? Are we going to listen to logic and reason or are we going to listen to our emotions? Again, the ego is what decides what we're going to take under considerations, our emotions or our logic. Our willpower is what comes into play when we need to force our ego to make that choice. So willpower is the driving force behind activating our ego, because otherwise we most likely will automatically go with emotions that come from the subconscious and not deliberately make the decision, hey, I need to listen to my logic here, to my reasoning power here. There are times when we need to listen to our emotions and not to our logic. With most decisions, you need to listen to facts, right? So it's very important. And pain triggers emotions. So in other words, if you're not using your willpower to force yourself to take things under proportion, take a step back, talk to other people and triangulate two or three people's opinions into your final decision, you will probably do something that's irrational or stems out of the wrong decision. Most politicians do that. Their emotions tell them, hey, 
I am not going to want to appear somehow. So they have a fear of criticism and therefore they do many things under the table. And that fear is the most powerful emotion. If you're willing to use your willpower to force your ego to listen to your logic most of the time. Now, logic obviously is not best at all times. Sometimes you need to listen to your emotions. I'm not going to start giving examples here, but the idea is with most decisions in life, listening to facts is what's going to help you succeed. Speaking of success and succeeding, what are your keys to success? I think the number one key is to know what you want. And so most people don't live deliberately, in my opinion. In other words, if you ask them, what do you need to accomplish in the next three months? They have no clue. They have no one, two, three. Or better yet, they have no number one, because I've learned that if you just put one, you'll have a better life. You'll achieve more than having three or four. Just have one big goal and make it happen. You can have one big goal, obviously, in each category, whatever of your life. So knowing what you want is the number one thing. And most people stop there. And I think the second thing that is important for success is to understand that every second is learning experience for you. So if you can reflect Every day of your life, as a habit, you'll have a much more successful life. If you can just sit and think for like an hour and reflect instead of watching TV or doing whatever else, that compounds and it makes you a better person when it comes to your skill sets and communicating with others. If you sit down and think for an hour, you'll understand other people better. And if you can understand other people better in life, you will most likely succeed whatever you do because you will be able to basically cater to other people's needs and wants, which is the best way to have a good life. Now, if you could meet anyone in the world, who would it be and what would you say to them? It's a good question because if I had to choose one, he won't be among the living. Do you want a living person or just anyone? Just anyone. Well, if we're talking about someone who's not within the living, I would say that the number one person would be a person named Wallace Watless, who was a writer and an author. And I read all of his books, but he's been dead, I think, since 1911. And I would love to sit down with him. What would you say to him? That's between me and him. Now I'm just messing with you. I would ask him (laughs) a lot of questions. It's basically about his philosophy, about his books, everything that I read. Conversations are very spontaneous to me, so I would have to obviously think about this question more if you want a straight answer, but just love to know more about his philosophy. Now, Lior, as we wrap things up, give the enterprisers an actionable step or tip to improve their lives or businesses today. So in my opinion, the most important thing that you can do if you're between the ages of, let me classify this by age, okay? So if you're between the ages of 20 and 30, the most important thing you can do right now, or I would say 30 and less. So if you're from zero to 30, the most important thing you can do right now is ask yourself, are or am I in the right vocation? If not, do everything necessary to change it to whatever it is that you're naturally most suited for, that it comes easiest to you and you can do it in the best way. You have time to make changes and make mistakes right now. If you're between the ages of 30 and 45, which is peak earners, I would say that if you're not in the right industry, 
Look immediately at how you can develop a second or in a third income stream. Your main income stream will probably not be enough for the next 20 years as automation. And we talk about all of this, by the way, LZ, on Wealth Research Group on the free financial newsletter. And you can check out a lot of the downloads on the website. Just hit the website, click on special reports on the top menu, and you'll have a wide array of PDF downloads that you can check out from all of these subjects. So just an FYI. One of them that I wrote especially for your audience is at wealthresearchgroup.com forward slash freedom. That's my personal plan of attack if you want to reach financial independence in five steps. So anyways, if you're between the age of 30 and 45, LZ, develop a secondary or third income. Now, once those secondary and third income streams, if they become viable enough, that might be your key ticket to do a career change. Because obviously, when you're 30 to 45, you've invested so much within your own career, it's not as easy and as wise to just opt out. There's other considerations to think about. And if you're 45 and above, I would say you've got to develop that hobby that you really love and do it. Don't waste time now. When you're 45 to 65, live your life to the fullest when it comes to doing what you love. You'll regret not to. 65 and above, in my opinion, in today's world, keep having an active income stream. Do not fully retire. You'll have a better life, a happier life, a more active life, more meaningful life. And forget about the American dream of retirement. It's not a dream at all. It's a lousy way of living your life from, in my opinion, obviously, from 65 and above. You'll miss out on a lot of ways and on the primary way of reaching happiness, which is growth and progress. If you do not find ways to add value to other people, you stop your own growth and you're not fulfilled from that. Sure, you, you might play more golf and uh, you know hit the beaches and whatever. At the end of the day, it doesn't give you a lot of satisfaction and you'll get tired of it after 30, 40 days. Believe me, you will. So in my opinion, keeping an active income stream is the most important thing for 65 and above. Now, Lior, if folks want to learn more about what you do and or reach out to you, how can they do that? Go to wealthresearchgroup.com, wealthresearchgroup.com. You can test drive free financial newsletter, but just signing up, you can take your pick of the download files that we have, the special reports that we have on the website. And those will give you an idea of the way I work, the way I share my opinion. But all the top notch stuff, all the highest priority stuff is in the newsletter. And it's the best way to get into my brain. Awesome. Thanks again, Lior, for taking the time out to share all of the golden nuggets that you have shared with us. I appreciate your time and enterprisers. Yet another awesome episode with another awesome entrepreneur business person. There are a ton of concepts and ideas in this conversation that will help you move and drive into success. So go out to the website, download that three piece to empowerment. If you haven't already done so, check us out. If you're listening for the first time, head on out to iTunes or whatever podcast app you use. Subscribe, leave a review, let us know how we're doing. If we could be doing better, if you have ideas for different segments or questions, let us know. We want to know how we can serve you better. So thank you guys again for your support. We would not be able to do what we do without you. So thank you again. And we will talk with you guys next week. What a fantastic episode. Hey, listen, I want to know something. What is the top concern that you have in your business? Is it sales? 
Is it marketing? Is it finance? Operations? Shoot me an email, mayor at podcasttown.net. I want to start a conversation around these areas of business and how we can work together and help each other shine even brighter.